Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Nikki Pinecart is the owner and director of The Property Exchange, a boutique agency that has been operating in Subiaco since 1997. Nikki is a true Subiaco local, having lived there for 30 years and is heavily involved in the Subiaco community. We chatted to Nikki about what's important to her as an agent and a business owner and how her influence in the community has changed over the past few years. Well, thank you for coming in, Nikki, and welcome to The Crunch. Um, To kick things off, I wanted to, I suppose, get an understanding of how you got started in real estate, what your background is. Oh, okay. Um, well, my background originally was in, um, I studied psychology at, at UWA and I was a psychologist for three, three and a half years. Wow. Um, then I went to live in South Africa and I couldn't do psychology there because um, I didn't speak Afrikaans. So I got into hospitality and I did that for many years in South Africa and in, in Perth when I came back six years later. Um, and I actually had my own restaurant and I was pregnant with my first child and I wasn't, I was banned from the restaurant for the last three weeks before I gave birth, um, because they said I wouldn't stop picking up tables and doing things. Yeah. Um, so someone said, don't go and do the real estate course. And I went, oh, well, I'm not doing anything else. I'll go and do that. Yeah. So I sat there sort of very pregnant for, um, two weeks and came back and never thought about real estate sort of again until about 18 months later um, we sold the restaurant and then suddenly I was kind of like um, a single mum <laughs> ah. um, with no job so I went mm, I've got to look into that real estate thing like yeah right so that's basically how I fell into real estate yeah yeah and so that was what so what year was it that you started in real estate then? 1988 wow okay and yeah. when did you start property exchange uh, 1997. Okay. Quite a few years later. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so what made you want to open your own agency? Well, I'd, I'd been working with another another agency for about seven years and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of an ideas person. I'm always having these crazy ideas and I wanted to implement them and they weren't sort of all that keen to change anything out much that they were used to doing. So mm-hmm. I was sort of like getting a bit frustrated. And then funnily enough, I had this dream, a lot of my ideas or things happen because I have a dream about them first. And I dreamt that I opened this this real estate agency and it was called, it was, it was in Rockaby Road and it was called Rockaby Real Estate. Mm-hmm. And in the dream, we had these black slate floors and these pink couches and it was really sassy and fun. And um, I mentioned it to a girlfriend who had just come back from Sydney and we kind of said, well, why don't we do it? Wow. It was kind of challenging because none of us had any money, neither of us had a cent to our name. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting exercise. We had to go and try and get backers and then in the end I just hopped my house and did it that way. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so what, what was your – back then what was your vision for the, for the agency? Well, the vision was to keep it really small, which kind of didn't happen, but um, <laughs> at that stage just keep it small, have it really – Different, different to other agencies, doing some fun ideas, just introducing different concepts into the whole, the whole thing, and and selling property on a different sort of level. And um, yeah, it was, it was where we started out. Things sort of changed. And yeah, a bit different later on. Yeah. Um, so, how do you think the brand has? kind of, I guess, change from your initial vision? How's it gone? Well, we never built the brand. It, yeah. It, 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 
it kind of just grew, mm-hmm. okay? So it grew organically. Um, it t- kind of took us with it. If you, you know, we started out small and then we got quite a lot of business in, so we thought we better you know, put on somebody else. And then we started getting all these rentals in. And it, in the beginning, we didn't have a rent roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were sort of referring all our rentals off to somewhere else. But then we thought, well, this is really stupid. So then we got a girl in um, to look after the few rentals that we we had at the time and then she grew the rent roll to about 300 properties over the next few years so we just kind of like grew and grew and grew and now we're 22. Wow wow and so when you think about the business now um, how do you kind of think of your brand the property exchange now? How do I look at my brand? Yeah how do do I define it? Yeah yeah. Um, okay well I think um, it is I think it's it's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very sassy. It's professional. It's fun. It's everything rolled into one. Mm-hmm. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we're really professional. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of um, fun inside the office. It is kind of like fun, friendly, family. You know, it, it's a really nice vibe in there. Yeah. Um, everybody works hard. Everybody plays hard. We we have lots of fun on the way, but. We've kind of, I think, set the standard for each other and nobody wants to let anybody down. So um, yeah, right. it, everything is done. It's it's a point of difference um, that we check everything and recheck it. We have great systems. Uh, and we've learned all this along the way. Every mis- little mistake we've made, we've learned from and, and implemented something mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. sort it out. Yeah. I'm interested to hear about your psychology degree and how that has kind of helped you in real estate. Yeah, well, that's a really good question because I'm really, really big on psychology and real estate. Um, I don't know if the degree actually helped me or just my experience with people over the last 30 years has yeah. helped me, um, but I read, I can read people pretty well and it plays an enormous part in how people think about a property. So it plays an enormous part in how we present the property and our approach to everything about uh, um, how we market properties. Mm -hmm. And what about you specifically and how you, I guess even in your initial stages when you were dealing with buyers and sellers, did you lean on your psychology knowledge a little bit? No, I've never really lent on it because my field of psychology was a bit different in any case. Okay. Um, What field was that out of interest? I was basically, um, I was was, um, working for a place called Urbina, which was with intellectually handicapped, I'm not sure what they're called now because it changes Mm -hmm. every few years, but Mm -hmm. um, back in those days, that what it it was. And I used to do new referrals, so a lot of um, work with small children and, you know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't really related to what I do now. Yeah. But I think all these years of seeing people's reactions to things, maybe it's what they, what you, a reaction to something you say or um, the look of a house or whatever has taught me really how people think mm-hmm. um, and not everybody thinks the same way obviously but I there's there's a sort of a, um, a theme that runs through people's thinking and how they react to certain things and I think that knowledge of that helps me incredibly with reading people and finding out where they're coming from and where they want to go to and that kind of, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Very helpful skill to have in, in real estate I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you do differently to other real estate brands at, at Property Exchange? Um, look, I, I think what I, how I like to think of it is that we are 
we are real. We are really real. Mm-hmm. Some people would say we were too real. Um, when we speak to clients, we tell them exactly kind of what we, we feel they should do. Mm-hmm. It's, we know it's not going to be the popular choice. We know it's um, what, in a lot of cases, they're not going to want to hear. Yeah. Um, but we do it because that's what we're here for. And, you know, we might lose some business over that. But it always comes back to you if you've told the truth and said what you think and been totally honest with them and not not told them you know uh, things that are going to get you the business or maybe get you the business. I think people really appreciate that, and I think that we've been doing this this way for so long that people come to us now because they want to hear the truth. They want to hear that their property isn't isn't worth what they were hoping or thinking mm-hmm. it was worth, or that they're going to have to do this, that, and the other in order to get a good price that they want to be told and guided in that way whereas before i think people just took everything that an agent said as gospel and they went with the one who told them the best news and it's not the way to get the best result yeah yeah definitely um obviously we, we we chatted about your background and you've come from a couple of different careers i guess what do you think is the biggest challenge that you've faced in in your career my real estate career um real estate and other um <laughs> well no okay now there's been a few but well in real estate for instance i mean the, the biggest challenge i had in real estate was i guess the gfc really through us yeah um it was a really difficult time for me um my business partner decided not she didn't want to be part of it anymore so i had to make a really big decision that was whether to sell out and kind of like walk away from 11 years work or whether to take on an enormous debt in times which were at that point really insecure and unpredictable and nobody knew what was going on and I had a lot of sleepless nights over that one mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the end I just woke up one morning and I went Nick just do it just do it and I yeah. went like up and said you know asked him I could um, borrow this enormous um, some of money and he, he goes well are you crazy what, what do you want to do that for? I said I don't, I don't want to waste what we build up I want to yeah. go through with it and um, in retrospect now it was very scary at the time but in retrospect I'm so glad I did that and I, I, I learned a big lesson from that too mm-hmm. and that was really if you take the plunge and you totally back yourself and you do everything you sort of like need to do um, the universe will always kind of like back you up yeah, and and that's one of the biggest lessons I've I've learned in real estate. So it's given me huge amounts of confidence to do things that a lot of people would find really scary. Well, mm-hmm. I would have found scary mm-hmm. even before that. Yeah, and what about prior to real estate? Were there any um, big challenges you faced that maybe the lessons you learned helped you? You know where you are today. Um, I know. I I, I would like to say that I had lots of kind of hard times and knockbacks which made me stronger but Mm. I didn't really you know (laughs) everything went kind of like swimmingly well um I lived in South Africa for six years I loved that um I got into hospitality that way which was nothing I'd even thought of because my my dad was so determined I was going to you know go to university and be a doctor or something because he was but um I'd never really had a chance to think outside the square so um, going into hospitality was was fantastic. That was fun, and I, I loved it. Um, 
I suppose the biggest challenge in my entire career is that I've never really had a weekend. Not in hospitality. <laughs> hospitality and real estate. Not in real estate. Ah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Sometimes I think, wow, that would be really cool to have two days <laughs> off in a row. And um, whenever the, a long weekend comes up, up and we have two days off, yeah. it's like, wow, yeah. I feel like I've been on holiday. How the other half live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other fourth, fifth spot in my um, as a As a businesswoman, what do you think is something that you're really good at? Um, I think I'm really good at at reading people. I, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of things as a businesswoman I'm not good at, um, I must say. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at... at kind of organisation or, or you know, you know, I have people for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of with staff, I love my staff, but I'm, I'm not very good at, at making the rules and sticking to them and follow up and all the things that a good, you know, businesswoman or yeah. um, a company owner should, should be good at. Um, I've been blessed with having um, Julia from day one who started as our receptionist and is now the general manager and she knows the place backwards, forwards, inside out. Mm-hmm. And that's been fantastic. Um, but so she sets your rules for you and does all those things. She just that... runs the whole place. Yeah. My, my thing is selling. I love going out. I love um, – and it's not so much selling, it's problem solving. I love the problem solving part of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I, I love. And she frees me up to do that because all the other things to, to run a, um, run a, um, a business is – taken care of by her yeah how did you did you own when you um you owned a restaurant in perth as well you said? um yeah well when i came back from south africa um i used to go to the hard rock cafe in cape town all the time and when yeah. i got back here um i thought gosh this this place so needs a hard rock cafe yeah so um this was after i'd actually come back and and um I, I was public relations manager at the Merlin Hotel, which is now the Heart, and then I went to Observation City, which is something else now. Um, and then I got the chance to open this restaurant, and I, I sort of I opened it as a Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. and it was fantastic, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but we sold it after two and a half years. I had like fifteen partners, mm-hmm. okay. which I kind of like got involved because I didn't have any money then either. Um, and that and that was um, basically fantastic, and I love doing that. And hospitality still, you know, pulls at me quite a lot. Yeah. Because I love seeing other people happy. And when you just open a restaurant and you look at midnight, because we used to, I used to close a restaurant at four o'clock in the morning, and I mm-hmm. closed the kitchen at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. That was back in the eighties. That was nineteen eighty six. People out and about. I don't know what happens to them these days. All the restaurants <laughs> have the chairs on the tables by nine o'clock at night. Don't know what's wrong with everyone, but anyway, they're all at home ordering yeah, Uber Eats. Yeah, or looking on their, you know, iPods <laughs> and pads and whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So, how have you managed to run a couple of businesses where organisation and rule setting and those things seem to be key, especially in hospitality? Yeah. How do you just surround yourself with people that? Yeah. Exactly. Do that. Yeah. I surround myself with the best. Yeah. And. Um, and I've got the best now. I've got the most amazing team. Everybody there knows exactly what they're doing. They they help. They assist each other. Um, you never hear in, in the company that this isn't my job. It's more like, what can I do? I've, I've got a bit of free time. Can I help you with something? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they all know their stuff so, so well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't have a great business if you don't surround yourself with great people. Yeah. 
How do you find those people? Look, <laughs> it's hard. Not all the time. No, it's been over 20 years. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover yeah. for various reasons. Um, uh, two of my girls have just announced they're pregnant now, so I go like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but um, uh, no, they they get attracted to the culture and mm-hmm. they either fit in with it or they don't. Yeah. And the culture is... Um, really strong um, and it's really positive mm-hmm. and anybody who doesn't fit into that thing they'll either want to leave themselves or we might have to give them a push but that doesn't generally happen they just can't keep up with you know the, the work hard play hard mentality the pace yeah right yeah what's um what's something that you maybe come up against all the time something that you believe that the people around you whether it's colleagues or clients even yeah the industry in general maybe doesn't agree with <sighs> but the way I do things well I don't do anything too dramatic um, I have I have um, a sort of fairly special marketing way of marketing my properties mm-hmm. which mm, some clients and some of my colleagues have sort of asked about but you see I've got a, a belief that there's no set price for property okay Mm -hmm. so when people call you in and say look what's my property worth i I feel like saying well what's it worth to who what is the yeah you know what's it worth to me or what's it worth to you or what's it worth to that person out there everybody has puts different worth on 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 most things but Mm -hmm. a house is very very much that can be very different so um i see all the different ways of marketing now and how people do it and i know that how buyers get frustrated with things that really don't give them any information but we also don't want to tie ourselves into an asking price and then say, well, okay, well, no one's going to offer us more than that. So one of my ways of doing it is I do an offers over price, which is offers over less than the less than that client wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to be that to, to attract attention. But it's not that much less. You know, it, it, it basically says, well, look, this is what the client won't take, but we'll consider offers above this. Yeah. You know, so then everybody knows exactly where they, they sit. What, what sort of price they're going to have to pay. So and I've been, I have been criticised on that um, by some some clients, but now everybody sees it works so amazingly well that everybody else is doing it now. Mm-hmm. But that has been sort of like um, something that my colleagues weren't sure about and my some of the, the clients weren't sure about. But what, they, what was the criticism of that strategy? Oh, well, if you're only going to... They, they can't see it as... A marketing strategy they could only see it as an asking price and they mm-hmm. thought it was misleading that I was saying offers over you know say one three nine five um, when we wouldn't take one three nine five so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see it's basically saying well we're looking at offers over this doesn't mean so you have to take any offers over that but yeah it's it's simply that and um, everybody's <clears throat> totally used to it now sometimes it goes way over that price there's a lot of competition sometimes it goes a little bit over that price so it's what it's in the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. and um, everyone's used to it now and it, we sell most of our properties first day um, yeah. in houses we sell probably 80 percent first day even in this market even in this market wow yeah what do you love most about your job um i love solving other people's problems <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too many of my own, so, yeah. so I love I love solving problems for other people. I love getting other people a good result. Um, I love spending time and hearing their story, and kind of like figuring out what would what what would bring them 
happiness, what will bring them the peace of mind or whatever it is that they're, they're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's got a different situation. There are some similarities, but um, doing that is kind of what gives me the most satisfaction. And, yeah. and the absolute happiness when, when you know, a, um, a seller is wrapped and all the problems have been solved by something that we have done. Yeah. What about as a business owner? What do you love about running a, running a business? <laughs> <laughs> I love going to work every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, it's like, go, for me going to work in the morning is like going to a party with a whole lot of people that you really like. Yeah. Every morning we go in and we ch- everyone's chatting and friendly and talking and cooking breakfast and saying what happened last night. So I love that yeah. aspect. Um, that sounds like us in here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of a creative environment which yeah. brings that out yeah. in people. And I love the creativity of this job, whether it's in thinking um, of solutions or you know marketing or whatever. There's a lot of, of um, you know um, option to to be creative and lots of different things you can mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. What uh, motivates you? What what was behind the decision to, you know, in the middle of a GFC take over the business or, you know, what pushes you to work every weekend? Um, it's a really good question and I had a feeling you were going to ask. <laughs> and so I did ask myself what actually motivates me because a lot of other people just think I'm a workaholic. Um, I think, I don't know, I think it's the satisfaction of, like I said before, of, of doing a good job um and making people happy i love making people happy i yeah. like anything yeah I, I just love doing that and mm-hmm. I, I, I um it's certainly not the money mm-hmm. uh, i don't think i have ever um looked obviously you need money to run the business but i've never looked at a commission i've earned i've never questioned it i've never seen it i've never thought about it i've you know um it's it's definitely the satisfaction of the job and the buzz and the little adre- adrenaline rust so, I can never say that word, adrenaline rush, um, that you get when you know somebody else is really happy yeah. from something you've done. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you, I guess, about the industry as a whole and yeah. just how um, maybe what you've noticed and how it's changed your business over the last few years yeah. and, and maybe what you're kind of anticipating um, in the next in the couple of years. Okay. Um, well, the industry as a whole, um, I think has improved markedly from the day when I first got into real estate. I mean, so many things have changed in that mm-hmm. time about the way we market it. It was a, a, a bit of a sort of like a bit of a cowboy outfit back then. You just, all you had to do to sell a property, put two, two lines in the local newspaper and turn up and hope to hell somebody bought it. Yeah. Um, whereas now it is extremely sophisticated and, um, and technology has made it, um, you know, that way. Um, and you have to be really on the ball if you're going to get a good result. You have to keep up with everything. Um, you have to have a great client list and a, um, a big database. You've got to have all these tools that you can actually um, draw on in order to get that best result. You know, I mean, we're blessed in a lot of ways here that. Um, now that we've got things like you know the the internet and, and the portals where people can find you, but you can't depend on that. You you really need to be proactive. You know anyone can get a result. You know um, a, a, a 
a seller can put a sign up themselves and sell their own property and they'll get a result. But is it the result, the best result? It would never be mm-hmm. because, um, and, and nobody knows, you don't know what you don't know. So people go, well, how do you know? But you know because you know of the circumstances you create to get that great result for them. Mm-hmm. And that might be from advice to all sorts of things that you need to be able to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the future of it, um, I mean, there's some very good real estate agents around now, much more so than the, the old days. And I think there's an awful lot more women in the industry than there ever was when mm-hmm. I got into it. Um, and they tend to be a bit more empathetic and understanding of sort of around the lifestyle more than just selling the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the whole lifestyle and approach that has changed and softened a lot from from the old days, mm-hmm. you know, which was sort of 30 years ago. Um, where it's headed is is interesting. Um, I don't think that real estate agents will ever be 100% replaced because you need you need that that um, one-to-one interaction. Um, you need to be able to feel people comfortable about purchasing. There's lots of talk that it'll all be done on the net and that kind of thing. Um, I can't. I can't see that that will ever apply 100% to real estate because mm. there's too many other things involved, and a lot of it's around psychology. Yeah, and and the use of psychology in that. Um, I guess it's a, it's such a big asset for people to just sell. It's not like jumping on eBay and selling yeah. your old clothes. So to have, <coughs> you know, you were talking about having the market knowledge and having you know that whole, yeah, you know everything that people it's, need from an agent. It's the advice. We are really very strong on giving brilliant advice. Mm. I said it myself, you said, what are you good at? I give great advice. I can walk into a house and know in an instant what needs to change, what doesn't need to change, what um, a client's going to, you know, a buyer's going to love about it, what they're not going to like about it. Mm -hmm. And it's that advice around minimising those um, perceived faults and um, really making the most of the, the the best sides of it. So it's not that simple. I mean, I still, um, it's much better than the old days now. I mean, I looked, if, when you saw the internet in the old days when people had to present their homes and you just shake your head and go, well, how would you ever get a decent <laughs> price for that house? Obviously, that's got a lot more sophisticated and with all the shows on television and that kind of thing yeah. as well. Um, people are a lot more informed and, and much more aware of presentation because um, you have to show people exactly what you want them to see. Um, and if you fail in that, you will fail in getting that good good advice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or good results, sorry, not advice. Yeah, so um, that is, is really important. And unless your agent can give you that advice and have that knowledge, have that instinct as to what's going to work and what's not going to, you know, it's... It's going to be a bit of a battle. Mm-hmm. We were chatting before we started recording about your column in the post. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wondered about your, um, I guess, your place in the community and how important that is for you, for your business yeah. um, and how that's developed over time. You've obviously been part of Subi for a long, long yeah, time. So. Yeah. Um, I've worked in Subi for probably, I've been in real estate 30 years, but probably 40 years. I always yeah. seem to work in Subi. Um so I am passionate about Subi. I I love it as a suburb. 
I love the character of it. I used to love the market, so I've been battling to try and get those back into Subi. Um, the, just the history attached to it. Um, I, I think it's just made it one of the most gorgeous suburbs. I mean, look, you know, I, I actually live in Claremont um, and I've been in the same house for 35 years, so I do get attached to it. <laughs> um, but Subi, I've always had a passion for and um, I, I just wanted a few bits of the old Subi back. I feel like we've been losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things, have, of the good things have come out of Subi and they haven't been replaced. So um, I'm really working, working at, at getting um, that back into Subi and get the life and the colour and more creativity and all those things back. And I know uh, the residents want it as well, so it's just a matter of working on, on getting those things together. Yeah. So I do write about them and I do express my opinions, which I'm known to do, <laughs> and um, just more to let people get other people involved in, yeah. in the same way. Yeah. So apart from, is there any kind of, are you on any councils? Are you part of any of those? No. No. Um, I, I've, they keep, a lot of people keep nagging me to, to go on council, but I say, no, I won't go on council because then I can't say the things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so You have to bit, shush. I know. I've got to be diplomatic and that is just not, not in me. So I prefer to actually be the voice outside of council yeah um and say what a lot of people are thinking and um and challenge them on those things that that a lot of people don't have the time to do Mm -hmm. but i do have a lot of support with that and a lot of other people working very hard in that direction as well yeah if you uh gave up real estate tomorrow (laughs) what would you do i'd cause run for council (laughs) (laughs) no no but i would probably get an awful lot I, i would get uh, a lot more involved in, in the things. I mean, there's so many things that I would love to do, but I'm trying to run my own business. I mean, I bought a tram for Subiaco, which everybody thought I was crazy. I'm just having it all painted and made to look gorgeous because I wanted to drive around the streets of Subi because that's it's been exactly 60 years since we last had um, a tram. You know, this, this is a 60-year anniversary of that. And I want to bring it back. Look, it is on wheels. It's not on rails, but it looks like an old tram. And I want it just to wander around the streets and let people hail it down and pick people up and drop them off where they want to because that's kind of the old style of how things were done. It was all very... So you've purchased the tram? I bought the tram, yeah. And is it going to... Is And it's going to be a public service? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. How and, exciting. And a feature of a Subiaco. Yeah. So that... You know, you can be sitting at an outside cafe in the tram, go past and the bell. And I just, I'd be so excited, you know, yeah. to see that. So I'm, I hope everybody else will be too. Yeah, wow. How exciting. What's the timeline for that? Well, um, I've sort of been battling. It's now just been finished painted. I just need to find some volunteer drivers um, and just get it up and running. So probably in the next two months. Yeah, right. Yeah. How exciting. In time for summer. How, how long have you been kind of vocal in the, in the area? How long has that been? Has it been as long as you've been a member of the community? Um, no, no. It's something I didn't really get involved with before, probably for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Since I started writing the column, which actually started to be about real estate. Yeah. And then I sort of covered every topic I could possibly think <laughs> of in real estate. So... I started making commentary about things and then I got some good feedback from that. So I made a bit more and 
yeah, I just kind of, it's now an outlet of expression for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say they love reading it. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well I'd done. probably say five, four or five years. Yeah. Well, well done. It's, it's exciting <laughs> for you. Um, if you could give yourself a message 10 years ago, and I guess that's GFC time, <laughs> what would you say? Oh, my gosh. If I could give myself a message. Yeah. Um, Maybe hmm. to Nikki battling the decision about the business or getting – or even make it 30 years ago and when you were starting out in real estate, what would you tell yourself then? I think um, – about my future, I'm sorry, I'm not quite getting this question. Um, like if you could give yourself some advice. Uh, it would be you some advice. follow your gut feeling and always back yourself. Yeah. Always back yourself. You know, I, I am really a true believer now, and some people think I'm a bit kooky, but um, that if you, if you really want to do something, you can do anything you want to do it. But you've got to you've got to make the effort. The old saying, you know, God helps those who help themselves, is is so true. Whether it's God or the universe or however you want to to, to um, express it, um, if you really believe in something and you work towards it, you will always get backed up. So um, I found that, you know, like one hundred percent beyond co- coincidence, everything seems to, you know, go right. But I do work hard and I do give back. Um, which is really important mm-hmm. and if you do that it's, it's like um, go for it mm-hmm. most people don't achieve much through fear of it maybe going wrong yeah um, and that's something I've, I've learned to totally ignore now just go like just do it give it a crack yeah give yeah. it a crack and, yeah. and get behind it back yourself mm-hmm. what about what would you say to people just getting started in the industry today okay um, I would say Certainly don't do it for the money. Don't mm-hmm. even think about money. Don't count the money. Just forget about it. Because if that is your focus, you will never actually get any because that will take away from what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's a hard industry to crack into. Many have tried and failed. Um, I would actually latch on to somebody who's really experienced and who's really good and um, basically be their dog's body. <laughs> yeah. And... and Help them, be a support to them, listen, learn, remember, and um, yeah, basically feed off somebody who's really experienced and knowledgeable uh, and, and learn that way mm-hmm. um, and get used to being in the field because it doesn't matter what you learn in a course or anything else, it doesn't, it doesn't prepare you for being in the field and actually talking to lots of different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and hands-on experience with somebody who knows what they're doing would be the way I would get into it now. Yeah, yeah. Good advice, very good advice. And then, so my last question for you, we're yeah. nearly done, is um, what are your goals for the next couple of years for yourself and for the business? You okay, um, well, uh, just turned 66, so I'm sort of thinking <laughs> I might slow down. It's always been, you know, my, my business is like a, it's like my baby, okay? Yeah. It's like a baby. If I was going to adopt out my baby, I'd be incredibly careful who I adopted out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't adopt it in the first place, but, <laughs> but if I was. So it's a bit like that with the business. Um, I have been approached many, many, many times to sell this business or to become part of a big 
conglomerate or franchise or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to do that. I've always wanted to keep it boutique um, and and just basically be a big fish in a small pond, which is our, our immediate areas. And I would love um, the people who have actually contributed to it over the years, over the many years, um, to be part of that ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea is I'm not going anywhere at the moment, but I will step back a little bit and um, they will all step forward a little bit. And um, my dream is that it will just carry on as a property exchange in really good hands that are a lot younger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with your time when you step back? I, mean, I, <laughs> I feel like you're not someone to sit on your laurels. No, no, I, I, I won't. I'd never do that. <laughs> Um, I, the, the answer is I don't know. I love my I love playing music. Um, I'll probably go busking a bit more. I'll go overseas. Um, I will participate in in things here that I'm interested in as far as the community is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and help where I can and be creative where I can. I, I don't really want to set that in stone from here. I yeah. just kind of like see how it see flies, how it but it won't be about sitting around doing nothing no I couldn't do that I can't imagine that at all I can't even have a (laughs) facial I haven't I haven't even got the patience for that uh one day you'll one day you'll discover weekends and you'll discover a facial I might do (laughs) (laughs) might be too too late to do anything about them (laughs) well look that's it from me thank you so much for your time thanks Jess it's been great talking to you good luck with your succession mining yeah thank you thank you let's hope it's a success yeah that's right thanks for tuning into the crunch we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show so if you'd like to share them please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it